ಶ್ರೀಗಣೇಶಾಯ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಸರಸ್ವತ್ಯೈ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹಲೋ ಲಿಸನರ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ರವಿರಂಗನಾಥನ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಟು ದ ಟೆಂತ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಯಹ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಸ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಟು ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ ದ ಫೌಂಡೇಶನ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಟೀಚಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಎಟ್ ಟು ಕಮ್ ಇನ್ ಟುಡೇಸ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಐ ವಿಲ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಹೈಲೈಟ್ ದ ಮೇಜರ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ಸ್ ಕವರ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಟು ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ವಿಲ್ ಮೂವ್ ಆನ್ ಟು ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಅಪ್ರಿಸಿಯೇಷನ್ ದಿ ಮೇಜರ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಒನ್ ಆ್ಯಸ್ ಇಂಡಿವಿಜುವಲ್ಸ್ ಅವರ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಈಸ್ ಒನ್ ಆಫ್ ಕನ್ಫ್ಯೂಷನ್ ಡೆಲ್ಯೂಷನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸಾರೋಸ್ ಟೂ ಅವರ್ ಟ್ರೂ ನೇಚರ್ ಈಸ್ ನಿತ್ಯ ಎಟರ್ನಲ್ ವೆರಸ್ ಅವರ್ ಐಡೆಂಟಿಫೈಡ್ ನೇಚರ್ ಅವರ್ ಬಾಡಿ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಇಂಟಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ಈಗೋ ಈಸ್ ಅನಿತ್ಯ ಟೆಂಪರರಿ ಹೆನ್ಸ್ ವಿ ಶುಡ್ ನಾಟ್ ಗ್ರೀ ಫಾರ್ ಎನಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ತ್ರೀ ರಿಯಲೈಸಿಂಗ್ ಅವರ್ ಟ್ರೂ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ವಿಲ್ ಸಾಲ್ವ್ ಆಲ್ ಅವರ್ ಮಿಸರೀಸ್ ಕನ್ಫ್ಯೂಷನ್ಸ್ ಡೆಲ್ಯೂಷನ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸಾರೋಸ್ ಫೋರ್ ದಿ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೀರಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ನಥಿಂಗ್ ಬಟ್ ಎ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಡುಯಾಲಿಟೀಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಹೀಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಕೋಲ್ಡ್ ಪ್ರೆಷರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಪೈನ್ ವಿಕ್ಟರಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡಿಫೀಟ್ ಆನರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡಿಸಾನರ್ ಟ್ರೀಟ್ ಆಲ್ ಡುಯಾಲಿಟೀಸ್ ಅಟ್ ದ ಬಾಡಿ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇಂಟಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ಲೆವೆಲ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ ವಿತ್ ಟ್ರೀಟಿಂಗ್ ದ ರಿಸಲ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಫೈವ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ದ ಡೇಂಜರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ದೇ ಪೋಸ್ ಎ ಪೊಟೆನ್ಷಿಯಲ್ ಥ್ರೆಟ್ ಇನ್ ನಾಟ್ ಅಲೋವಿಂಗ್ ಅಸ್ ಟು ನೋ ಅವರ್ ಟ್ರೂ ಐಡೆಂಟಿಟಿ ನೀಡ್ ವಿವೇಕ ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರಿಮಿನೇಟಿಂಗ್ ಪವರ್ ಫಾರ್ ದಿಸ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ವೈರಾಗ್ಯ ಡಿಸ್ಪ್ಯಾಷನ್ ಟುವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ದ ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಸೆವೆನ್ ಬಿ ಫ್ರೀ ಆಫ್ ಅಟ್ಯಾಚ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಫಿಯರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಗರ್ ಇನ್ ಜನರಲ್ ಬಿ ಫ್ರೀ ಆಫ್ ನೆಗೆಟಿವಿಟೀಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಏಟ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಹೌ ಅಟ್ಯಾಚ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಲೀಡ್ ಟು ಆ್ಯಂಗರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ರಾಬ್ಸ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರಿಮಿನೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಇಂಟಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಎನ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಪೆರಿಷ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ನಯನ್ ಇನ್ ಅಡಿಷನ್ ಟು ಫೈರ್ ರಿಚುವಲ್ಸ್ ವೇದಾಸ್ ಟೀಚ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ದ ತ್ರೀ ಗುಣಾಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಪ್ರಕೃತಿ ಸ್ಟೇ ಇನ್ ಸತ್ವ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ರೈಸ್ ಅಬೌವ್ ಇಟ್ ಬಿ ಅವೇರ್ ದಟ್ ಬಾಡಿ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಇಂಟಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ಈಗೋ ಈಸ್ ಮೇಡ್ ಅಪ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಪ್ರಕೃತಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಈಸ್ ಅಂಡರ್ ದಿ ಇನ್ಫ್ಲೂಯೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ತ್ರೀ ಗುಣಾಸ್ ಟೆನ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಟೇಕ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಡ್ಯೂ ಟು ದರ್ ಓನ್ ಕರ್ಮಾಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಗೆಟ್ ಸ್ಟಕ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಸೈಕಲ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೆತ್ ಲೆವೆನ್ ಯುವರ್ ಅಥಾರಿಟಿ ಈಸ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಟು ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ನಾಟ್ ಟು ಇಟ್ಸ್ ರಿಸಲ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಟ್ ಡೋಂಟ್ ಬಿ ಲೇಸಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೂ ನಾಟ್ ಅವಾಯ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ಪರ್ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ವಿತ್ ಎ ಕರ್ಮಯೋಗ ಆ್ಯಟಿಟ್ಯೂಡ್ ಟ್ವೆಲ್ ನೋ ಸ್ವಧರ್ಮ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಪರಧರ್ಮ ಪರ್ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಯುವರ್ ಓನ್ ಡ್ಯೂಟೀಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ನಾಟ್ ಕ್ಲಾಮರ್ ಟು ಪರ್ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಅದರ್ಸ್ ಡ್ಯೂಟೀಸ್ ಪರ್ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಅಲೈನ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಟು ಯುವರ್ ಸ್ವಧರ್ಮ ಇನ್ಸ್ಟೆಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಪರಧರ್ಮ ತರ್ಟೀನ್ ನೋ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಸಿನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹೌ ಟು ಪರ್ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಎನಿ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ ವಿತೌಟ್ ಇನ್ಕರಿಂಗ್ ಸಿನ್ ಫೋರ್ಟೀನ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಹೂ ಈಸ್ ಎಸ್ ದ ಪ್ರಜ್ಞ ಎ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ಸ್ಟಡಿ ವಿಸ್ಡಮ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ಆರ್ ದಿ ಹರ್ಡಲ್ಸ್ ಟು ಬಿಕಮ್ ಎ ಸ್ಥಿರ ಪ್ರಜ್ಞ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟೀನ್ ಇಂಟ್ರೊಡಕ್ಷನ್ ಟು ಧ್ಯಾನ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಷನ್ ಸೆವೆಂಟೀನ್ ಹೂ ಟು ಮೆಡಿಟೇಟ್ ಆನ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಎ ಸಿಂಗಲ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟೆಡ್ ಫೋಕಸ್ ಆನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಏಯ್ಟೀನ್ ಫೋಕಸ್ ಆನ್ ಅಟೈನಿಂಗ್ ಮೋಕ್ಷ ವೈಲ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಬಾಡಿ ಅಟೈನ್ ನಿರ್ವಾಣ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಡೆತ್ ಅಟೈನ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ this is the best one can have in this world and the other world in a nutshell that is chapter 2 moving on to appreciation
there is a serious lack of vocabulary in all these shows. Sometimes I wonder whether the writers did not go to grammar school at all. I remember a company I worked at where in all meetings the efforts will fly left, right and center. That is how the power handlers expressed their power. On the other hand, while scolding Bhagavan did not abuse Arjuna. He was very specific to the shortcomings of Arjuna. Your impurities are like un-Aryan, heaven excluding, disgraceful. Bhagavan is showing how to handle the knowledge and power you have to bring in good results through communication. This is a leadership quality. Bhagavan very carefully picked words to criticize Arjuna. Of course, the battlefield context of these words are straightforward. But there is more to it than what the literal meaning of these words say. They are in the middle of the battlefield with the huge armies standing ready on both sides to fight. Bhavan is pointing out that it is a moment of crisis. There is no surprise in it. The surprise is, he says Arjuna's mind is filled with Kashmalam, impurities. Unless these impurities are removed, no further action, no progress is possible. In the introductory episode, I mentioned that Bhagavan is one who has a wealth of knowledge and has the strength to follow it in a dispassionate manner. This knowledge can remove the impurities of the mind and he has the strength to discuss all these in the middle of the battlefield in a very dispassionate manner in a beautiful poetry so that Arjuna can gain his strength back. This is his glory. But he cannot give any advice until and unless Arjuna seeks that advice. Bhagavan's task here is to push Arjuna to seek that help. So he says, Anarya Jushtam Asvargyam Akirtikaram Arjuna Arjuna, your behavior is un like heaven excluding, disgraceful. Kutasva Kashmalamidam Where has these impurities of yours appeared at this moment of crisis? Through these words, Bhagavan implies that he can help Arjuna remove his mental impurities. How? First is Anarya Jushtam, un like Without going into the controversy of whether Aryans came from outside India or whether they are already native to India, it is generally agreed that Aryans are people who work diligently. Whether they are farmers or business people or Kshatriya warriors or knowledge-seeking Brahmins, they represent noble, hard-working, courageous, cultured people. They represent physical action. Right now, Arjuna has abandoned physical action and hence is un-Aryan-like. To be Aryan, Arjuna needs to know what is an action, what is not an action, what is the purpose of any action, how to perform all actions. But Arjuna is concerned about sin from his actions. So he must know how to perform actions without incurring sin. The first step in the solution for that is Karma Yoga. Bhagavan seems to say, Arjuna, I am ready to teach you all about Karma Yoga if only you calm down and become a disciple and seek advice. Second is Asargyam, heaven excluding. Heaven is a religious belief. It is in all major religions. The difference in the description is how one gets to that place and how long one gets to stay there. Desert religions believe that if a person follows the teachings of a particular prophet, then that person will go to heaven and stay there forever whereas all others will go to hell and stay in hell forever. Also, in these religions, 
Heaven is the highest state of happiness one could aspire for. On the other hand, the concept of heaven and hell are completely different in the Indic religions and in Sanatana Dharma, heaven is not the ultimate goal. As a Kshatriya warrior, Arjuna can attain heaven if he fights and dies in the battlefield. Bhagavan is certainly not asking Arjuna to die in the battlefield and go to heaven because it is not the preferred destination either for Arjuna or for any other being. It is just speaking Arjuna's language. To go to heaven and beyond, one needs to have faith and devotion. It is Bhakti. Devotion to a higher ideal is also needed to walk the Karma Yoga path. Thus, this reference to heaven excluding is a seed to teach Bhakti Yoga to help walk the Karma Yoga path. Bhagavan seems to say, Arjuna, I am ready to teach you what Bhakti means and where it can take you, a place beyond and higher than the heaven itself, if only you calm down and become a disciple and seek advice. Third is Akirti Karam, a disgraceful act. It is due to the lack of right knowledge that a person acts in a manner that brings a disgrace to themselves. Honor and dishonor has intellectual underpinnings and only the right knowledge will show the actions that will not bring disgrace. Bhagavan is not just interested in Arjuna avoiding dishonor or for that matter gloating about honor. In fact, as part of the teaching of equanimity of mind, he is asking Arjuna to treat both honor and dishonor as the same. He wants all of us to go beyond the dualities of life. So, the goal is not just to avoid dishonor. Even if dishonor is thrown at us, what should we do? To treat both honor and dishonor the same, one needs to learn the right spiritual knowledge. This has to be followed by putting that knowledge into practice to go beyond honor and dishonor. In fact, any action we perform that does not take us to our true nature is a disgraceful act. Bhagavan seems to say, Arjuna, I can teach you Jnana Yoga, the knowledge aspect of actions, how to perform your actions so that you can not only go beyond honor and dishonor, but go beyond all sins, if only you calm down and become a disciple and seek advice. Sanatana Dharma explains three impurities that afflict human beings. They are the negativities and agitations of the mind and ignorance about our own inner self. Negativities are desire, anger, greed, jealousy, sorrow and other negative emotions. Agitations of the mind are related to the choices and decision making and ignorance of the mind is the lack of knowledge about our own true inner self. Arjuna is afflicted with these impurities. In the excuse of scolding, Bhagavan says, Arjuna, I can remove all these three impurities in your mind by teaching Karma Yoga, Bhakti Yoga and Jnana Yoga respectively. It is for you to ask and get this knowledge. The lesson here is that scolding is not just showing anger. If we are scolding someone, then we should indicate what is the problem, what is lacking on the other side and what knowledge you are willing to share that will remove the problem. Bhagavan does all this beautifully in verses 2 and 3. The parking of the chariot as indicated in verse 24 of chapter 1 was a teaching through skillful action. The scolding in chapter 2 is informal teaching, indirect teaching. This becomes a formal teaching from verse 11 after Arjuna became a disciple. The second appreciation is the discussion about 
what the past, present and the future mean to our real nature. Natve vagam jatu nasam natvam neme janati paha nachaivana bhavishyamaha sarve vayamata param Certainly never at any time was I not nor were you nor these rulers of people. Also nor shall we ever cease to be hereafter. The first half of the verse establishes the existence principle and the second half establishes the eternal principle of atma three important words used are jatu bhavishyamaha and ataha meaning past present and from this time arjuna was grieving for those who are already dead and gone he was grieving for those who are alive and standing in the battlefield he was grieving for those who after the war will continue to live in the degraded society thus he was grieving for those in the past the present and the future also in grammatical terms arjuna was grieving for people represented in the first person second person and third person bahavan has to respond to arjuna's concerns of the past present and future as well as people represented in first second and third person in his response he covered the three personal pronouns first person aham second person tvam and third person janati paha as well as the three time periods past jatu present bhavishyamaha and future ataha thus what is being said by bahavan covers all beings for all time the three entities mentioned can also be looked at in a different way Spiritual knowledge is the understanding of the relation and interaction between the supreme god and the individual self i and the jagat the world. Bahavan is slowly introducing these three elements into the picture by referring to himself as the supreme, Arjuna representing i the jivatma and others representing the jagat the world of objects. All these three are in the same place Kurukshetra indicating that the self the supreme and the world are not separable this is advaitam the individual i is subject to the miseries of the world because of the emotional sensitivity to life and death arjuna the jivatma looks at janatipaha the world of objects and is confused and seeks help from the supreme consciousness paramatma bhagavan the paramatma aham is teaching an individual a jivatma the devotee tvam represented by arjuna on the other hand the others represented by janatipaha are ready to go through this war without any concern for its after effects they are the jada the world of objects katha upanishad describes the human body as a chariot in our current scenario Jivatma Arjuna and Paramatma Bhagavan both are on the same chariot indicating that the atma is same as brahman and the world of objects are separate and are outside among them there are many who are not interested in the war but are just forced to be there these are the people who have not much interest in their life and are just passing their time until they die all these unconcerned are not participating in the discussion the jivatma is having with the paramatma they are all silent witnesses and are like the various inert objects of the world how the jivatma has to interact with the world of objects and what is their connection with the paramatma and how these three entities should interact is the puzzle that need to be solved 
Bhagavan is indirectly saying that he is ready to teach about these three entities. Accordingly, the first six chapters discuss the Thom aspect. This is the I aspect. This covers who we think we are in comparison to who we really are and how to bridge the gap between these two. The middle six chapters discuss the Aham aspect. That this is the Ishwara aspect. This covers who or what is God, where to see God in this world, and finally, how to become one with that God. The final six chapters discuss the Jagat aspect. What is this universe and what are we in that? Thus, the Tat Thvam Asi Mahavakyam of Vedas, meaning you are that, Brahman is covered in Bhagavad Gita. This in a nutshell is what Bhagavad Gita is about. A radio station is broadcasting its show all the time. We need the right receiver and correct tuning to receive that broadcast. From Bhagavan's teaching, we can clearly see that the wavelength of Arjuna who is representing all of us and Bhagavan's wavelength are completely different. The goal is to tune our wavelength to his. The third appreciation is to see teaching within the teaching. In the 45th verse, Bhagavan introduced the topic of gunas. Trigunya Vishya Vedaha Nistraigunyo Bhavarjunam Nirdvando Nitya Satvastaha Niryohakshema Atmavan. The Vedas deal with the three gunas. You be above the three gunas. O Arjuna, free yourself from the pairs of opposites and ever remain in the sattva, freed from all thoughts of accusation and preservation, and be established in the self. Only this much Bhagavan has said about the gunas of the Prakriti in the second chapter. He has not introduced the topic of Prakriti, the material nature. He did not even mention the name of all the three gunas. He mentioned only Sattva guna and asked Arjuna to ever remain in Sattva. If everything in the Prakriti is influenced by the three gunas, then it is but natural to ask the question whether Bhagavan's teachings also come under the influence of the three gunas. Consistent with his teaching that the three gunas permeate everything in this universe, we see in many places the influence of the three gunas starting from Arjuna's questions and in turn Bhavan's answers. The gunas of the Prakriti are called Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Sattva guna is purity and expresses as knowledge, wisdom, excellence, happiness, peace, faith, calm, austerity, silence, inactivity, best result, etc. Rajaguna is activity. It is passion and expresses itself as positive and negative agitations. This results in change, disturbance, material progress and destruction. Emotions like jealousy, pride, anger, average result, etc. Tamoguna is sleep and is expressed as stability, inertia, ignorance, inactivity, lethargy, laziness, darkness, forgetfulness, poor result, etc. Yes, I did mention inactivity under both Sattva and Tamas. In many instances, Sattva and Tamas will look the same, but they are not. There is a difference in not performing an action because of knowledge versus because one is lazy. For Rajoguna, the main thing is activity and for that it will do whatever it needs to do like acquiring knowledge etc. Tamoguna neither wants activity nor knowledge. In general, 
Each guna opposes the other two gunas. When in balance, these three gunas negate each other. That is, deep sleep state at the individual level and cosmic dissolution at the universal level. But in active creation, it is never in balance. With that background to the three gunas, now let us see how the three gunas have permeated Bhagavan's teachings. First, in his arguments about why Arjuna should get up and fight, the sattvic reasoning was given in verses 11 to 30. It is from the indweller Atma point of view. It answers the question of who am I? What is my real nature? This teaching is about the imperishable Atma versus perishable Anatma, the body-mind-intellect. This is Sankhya knowledge. The Rajasic reasoning was given in verses 31 and 32. It is from Jivatma point of view or from the Dharma point of view. What is the most righteous thing to do is our duties. It is about Karma Yoga to engage in action and perform our duties and responsibilities. The Tamasic reasoning was given in verses 33 to 36. It is from the Dehatma point of view or from the society point of view. It is about inaction, honor and dishonor. It is about the delusion by the duality of the world and about the interaction of the senses with the sense objects, worldly enjoyments and sufferings and sorrows. Later, Bhagavan will teach that we should move from Tamasic to Rajasic to Sattvic and then go beyond that Sattvic state also. That is, one has to move from the Tamasic state of the delusion of the world with the knowledge about the self to Rajasic state of engaging in actions with Karma Yoga attitude and then move to spending time in Sattvic state through meditation with focus on Bhagavan and finally go beyond that Sattvic state also to realize the Self and merge with the Brahman. In essence, we have to evolve from Dehatma to Jivatma to Atma. The second place where we can see the influence of the three Gunas is in the teaching of Karma Yoga itself. Having the right knowledge about an action is Sattvic. And with that right knowledge, being skillful in action is Rajasic. And performing desire-driven actions or seeking selfish results is Tamasic. Take the anchor verse of Karma Yoga. Karman yevadigharaste ma phaleshukatachanam ma karma phalayeturbhur ma te sankostha akarmani Your power or authority is to act only but never to its fruits. Let not the fruit of action be thy motive, nor there be attachment to inaction. In this we see that performing actions for sattvic reasons with a sattvic attitude only is based on spiritual knowledge. Expecting results in our favor is rajasic, there is only secular knowledge. Not performing an action being lazy is tamasic, this is not knowledge based. I will leave it as a brain activity for listeners to find more places where the influence of the three gunas can be seen. Moving on to the fourth appreciation. This is the use of water analogies. Bhavan is fond of water, the source of all life and in this chapter has used it in three places to explain his thoughts and ideas. Let me combine all three water analogies and paint a bigger picture. First in verse 46, there was the comparison between the flood water and the reservoir water to explain that a self-realized person has no more use of Vedas 
because he or she has achieved the goal prescribed in the Vedas. Then in verse 60, the boat was carried away in water by winds to explain even a wise person has to be careful about the dangers of the sense objects and finally in verse 70, the water was entering the ocean to explain the merging of the self-realized person with Brahman. Thus, Bhagavan used these three analogies to explain three separate ideas. Put together, they paint a bigger picture. The water that overflows reservoirs and the rivers that take the boat from one place to another finally reaches the ocean. This water originated from the ocean and comes back to the ocean. When it comes out of the ocean, it rises above to form the rain-bearing clouds. The water pouring down from the clouds as rain becomes a flood carrying away everything in it. This rainwater fills the reservoirs and serves all living beings, allows boats to travel on it and under uncooperating circumstances like severe storms, the calm river water turns into ugly waves and tosses the boat it is carrying. But finally when it reaches the ocean, it becomes steady like the ocean. The various rivers that had names and forms lose everything and they are all now called the ocean. In the same way, the ego of a Jivatma represented by water rises when it is not with Paramatma represented by the ocean. That is, this separation increased the ego. This ego goes through the ups and downs of life. The same water as rainwater serves some and as flood water destroys some others. Finally, when it reaches the ocean, it once again becomes steady. In the same way, when the Jivatma loses its identity and merges with the Self, then it becomes one with the Brahman and becomes steady. The question is, which Jivatma reaches Paramatma? Bhavan says, it is not possible for one who is a desirer of desires. Overworked marketing tries to convince us that every new product is our new need. As the number of desires increases, so does the number of desires that do not get fulfilled, thus increasing the pain and sorrow. In such an environment, a person who has desires is not going to get the true peace and happiness. On the other hand, a person whose mind is steady can still deal with the sense objects for what it is worth and remain unperturbed by their vagaries. That is the state of our true inner self. That is what we all should aim for. Anyone who can understand Bhagavan's teaching in this way, that person can appreciate it. Yaha pasyati sa pasyati. Finally, I did promise in episode 1 that I will talk about the two chandas used in Bhagavad Gita. In Vedas, there are seven popular chandas, namely Gayatri, Vushnik, Anushtup, Pragati, Pankti, Trishtup and Jagati. Depending on the Devata, there are many subcategories. Among all the Chandas, in chapter 10 Bhagavan says he is Gayatri Chanda. Chanda is a meter and Bhagavad Gita uses Anushtup and Trishtup Chandas. There are about 645 verses in Anushtup Chanda and the remaining verses in Trishtup Chanda. Anushtup Chanda has 32 syllables. It is made up of 4 quarters with 8 syllables per quarter. Trishtup Chanda has 44 syllables. It is made up of 4 quarters with 11 syllables per quarter. Let me chant one verse in each of the two Chandas from chapter 2 
to show the difference. Anushtup Chanda Tam Tata Kripaya Vishtam Ashnupurna Kulekshanam Vishidantamidam Vakyam Uvachamad Sudhanaha Trishtup Chanda Najayate Mriyate Vakadachit Nayam Bhutva Bhavita Vanabhuyaha Ajonitya Shashvato Yampuranaha Nahanyate Hanyamane Sharire Due to the higher number of syllables in Trishtup Chanda, there is a certain inbuilt force in the verses. It is used in places to stress or highlight a point. For example, it fits the emotions chapter 11 brings out to a reader which is drastically different from other chapters. There is a clear expression of showing awe, fear, humility, surrender, compassion. Unlike meditation, there is a swiftness, rushing of events. In chapter 11, all three speakers will switch to this powerful Trishtup Chanda to describe the Vishwarupa. With this, chapter 2 appreciation comes to an end. Until the next episode, this is Ravi Ranganathan bidding goodbye. Bhagavad Gita,